With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome to the first ever The Villa View podcast, the pilot episode. going to be honest, don't really know what I'm doing. Never done a podcast before, and the observant among you may have noticed that this isn't actually... Matt Lynch sat next to me. It's actually a guy called Tom Julian. He has actually been on the Villa View before he did play in our game at Villa Park. Played very well, actually, in his Slazinger trainers. He was, he was a key component. I'd say if, if there was any fault in my game, it would have been the footwear choice. Slipped over an awful lot, but I wasn't the only one. There was no, a, a lot of footwear errors. I can tell you all about the falling over. Um, I'm, I'm be... sure we'll get into that, by yeah, the way. Don't worry about that. I imagine Matt Lynch's penalty may come up at some point as well. We have been asked, the bit of you, a lot of times whether we would do a podcast because people obviously like to listen to things on their way to work and at the moment the way YouTube works there's no way of doing that so we decided this summer we're going to try and do a podcast and see how well it goes down. Tom isn't permanently replacing Matt Lynch, it's just... Far from it. It's a location thing because as you know Matt lives in Nottingham, Dan Rollinson lives in Birmingham and I live in London so Tom and I have managed to get access to this wonderful studio so it's given us a chance where we can sit down and talk together about Villa. Tom actually has an interesting story about why he is a Villa fan you may have noticed that he doesn't actually have a strong brummy accent like me so I'm going to now sit back and let Tom introduce himself and explain why he supports Aston Villa. I originally thought about just trying to impersonate you for the whole thing and seeing if I could get away with it but then I quickly realised that that was a a terrible idea yes big task. Uh, a Villa fan from Cambridge, um, a surprising amount of Villa fans from Cambridge, I'm not entirely sure why. My story is uh, weird, uh, my dad is a football fan but not a Villa fan, not a, not a club fan at all really. Um, England fan. England fan, yeah. And um, so at the tender age of eight or nine I was tasked with picking the teams, everyone at school had a team, I didn't know where to go to for advice. Uh, opened up a match magazine as you did in the uh, in the mid nineties. And Not shoot. No, it wasn't shoot. I was match. always a match guy. Um, and uh, yeah, there was a there was a full page pull out poster of Dwight York, and um, you know it had that old Ast Computers logo, claret and blue. And I was like, all right, that's the one for me. And then 
you stick with it then, don't you? You, you? you can't chop and change. Some some of the kids do at school and they get a horrible ribbon for that. But um, but yeah, Villa, since then. I've got to say, that is a terrible way of picking a football team. Why did you not just pick your local side, Cambridge? So I, I went to watch Cambridge United quite a lot because um, I could get there on the bus. But they were they were League Two and then they oh, Division Three as it was and then they they went out of um, went out of the football league completely went into administration uh, a couple of times during my adolescence. Um, I've got a soft spot for Cambridge, but I think again playground banter. Nobody really had a Division Three team. No. Everyone was talking Premier League, um, and uh, yeah, I had to get involved and and just that's the that's the way it happened. I can't. Maybe I should have been a Cambridge United fan. But that's that's just who I am now. So if you were an eight-year-old now, you wouldn't be seeing Villa in Match Magazine. I wouldn't imagine, obviously, with us languishing no, in I the Championship. Would have ended up like a Stoke fan. Or yeah, a something Palace. rank like that. Yeah. Do you feel privileged that you've ended up being oh, a Villa fan? Or do you just think, this could have gone better, that I choice mean, could have worked better? The, for the first, first uh, well, I guess, ten years or so of my Villa fandom, it was, I wouldn't say a privilege, it wasn't like Man United winning the treble, but it was... It was great. There were some exciting players. The last five years or so have been a bit more uh, tiresome for all of us. Not just uh, not just me, not just you, but um, the whole Villa faithful. But going to Villa Park and and obviously playing at Villa Park and and being involved with the Villa View and stuff like that is it's it's such a good family. Um, yeah, love being a villain and will always be now. So. Although my dad's pretty critical and well, Villa, or just of of my choice. Which I think is his fault, personally. You know, he could have he could have done a better job. Why has he never picked a team to support? I don't know. Like, uh, I, uh, he's just uh, he's always liked England. Uh, again, I don't really know why because we've had some dross England teams. That's not much better being in England. No, than exactly. Than so to be uh, yeah, I don't know. We we're, we're a mixed up family and a uh, lot, lot, lot of girls in our family. So um, yeah, there wasn't too much guidance. But here we are. Here we are. And now I'm doing the Villa View podcast. So privileged. It's all worked out in the end. It's probably enough about Tom now for a, a first podcast. We'd probably people have go. already people have probably already tuned out because yeah. that was I've got to be honest that was quite quite boring. Well, thanks, mate. Yeah, great. Um, I look forward to uh, <laughs> a season of this. This this will be wonderful. Also, that's probably ran out my notes now, pretty much as well of what what we could talk about. So we're going to have to wing it a bit for for a first one. What are your reflections? on the championship season. The championship in general and, and Villa's championship season are made and voyage into the championship. I think, starting with Villa, I was I was very prepared at the start of the season for a double relegation. The way... Wow. It, the, I think we talked about it at, at the start of the season. I was very down on the team. And to be fair, it looked like it might happen for a little bit at the start before, before Bruce came in and I was... You know, I was kind of prepared for myself. And now at the end of the season, I still feel a little bit disappointed that we didn't really challenge for the playoffs either. I think, uh, I, I don't know, call me fickle, but I think if you'd asked me at the start of the season, I'd have taken a mid-table a mid-table finish. You'd have taken 13th? I think so, yeah, because I was so down on what we had. I wouldn't have taken it as a... I wouldn't have been happy with it, but... With the squad that we had, I think that was I think it was a fair reflection. So well, I was different. I was different. Well, you thought we'd bounce straight back. I didn't think we'd bounce straight back. I thought we'd be closer. I didn't necessarily think we'd get into the playoffs, but I thought we'd be there or thereabouts. Even when obviously we didn't get off the best of starts with Di Matteo, so even when when Bruce came in, there was obviously still a chance, and then he steadied us and we did okay. And then it looked like playoffs was a possibility. We then had an awful 
January and then again we went on a little bit of a run where you thought playoffs could be a possibility but I think we were always just that little bit out of it but I just think the championship was I knew it was going to be hard but I don't think I anticipated how hard it was going to be Do you think it's going to be harder next year? It's difficult to say at the moment until you know who we're going to buy who all the teams are going to be for example if Huddersfield don't go up via the playoffs then you'd say that they're going to be very strong next season and challenge for automatic promotion again I think one of the things is Newcastle came down and they were they did much better than I expected they were because they were in a bit of a mess as well nowhere near the mess of Villa yeah. they, they were in a mess I don't see the teams that have come down this season doing as well yeah. as Newcastle did I was going to say that I, th- I feel like we can beat any of the teams that go down especially if Hull lose Marco Silva um, I think they're going to apparently he's yeah. going to Porter yeah I, I, and I wouldn't be surprised for him um, but yeah I think you're right I, I, I'm not concerned with with the teams coming down I am disappointed in the in the championship playoffs I feel like the, the strongest teams are still around That's, like you said especially if Huddersfield uh, don't make it um, I'm really worried about Fulham yeah they're good they're really good so yeah, I don't know. And Sheffield Wednesday are a good side as well. They're always t- always a tough, a tough place to go. Um, I just feel like if if Reading are the ones that go up, we'll inherit three really strong teams back down, as or still in the championship. Yeah, and, and I wasn't impressed by Reading. No, obviously we beat Reading away from home, which tells you that that shouldn't happen because Villa have probably only won four home games, four away games. Sorry, in about in about two years. Yeah. I think what you say is true. I think Fulham. May lose some players though. I think they'll struggle to hold on. Yeah, to Tom Kearney's going to go, isn't he? Yeah, Sessignon possibly. They're saying he'll sign a new contract. But when the big clubs come circling, and someone will come in with silly money for him at some point, I think they may well lose a good core at their side. But they have got a good manager, so I think if they hold on to their manager, he's very astute. And I think in the championship. What they had as well that we didn't have was this the, the kind of seniority players that were really important people like Scott Parker you want someone like that around and I felt like the, the storm around Villa Park at the start of the season with just the, the drinking and the holidays and all the antics it just felt like Villa needed some, some real veterans in to, to shore it up I know you've talked about people like Mark Bunn and people like that in the past but you really look up to in those situations you look up to someone like Gabby Agbonlahor and obviously he wasn't doing it either on the pitch or in the dressing room it appeared and, uh, and that that was cause for concern, I think. I think next year will be, will, it'll be a stronger platform to jump off of. Do you not think that we did do that a little bit? Because obviously we've got Yedinak in, Yedinak. Elphick, Chester. They're all they're all reasonably senior. They are, but they, they don't strike me in the same way. Oh, Yedinak probably is the exception to that, but Chester, Elphick, yeah, I, I don't see them as the same kind of the same kind of mature senior figures like Chester. I don't know. I've never, I've never warmed that much to him. But Chester, yeah. See, he's he, to me, he's been our best player this season. This is probably a good point for me to plug some Villa View videos. If you haven't checked out our Player of the Month video that's, that's coming out this week, that'll be out by the time this podcast release. And also, we are going through the squad positions at a time at the moment and reviewing their season. So we've done goalkeepers and defenders should also be out by the time this podcast airs, and we'll be doing midfielders and strikers as well. So make sure you check out. Our thoughts on them. I can't believe you'd you'd not worn to Chester. I just, I never. Do you know what it is? And again, this is you're going to tell me that this is a terrible reason. He was often a player that I would buy on Football Manager. That's it's already a terrible reason. You're alienating yourself <laughs> in that podcast 
already with your logic. <laughs> I'm going to get better. I'm not on the best form, as you can see from the uh, the coconut water. Yeah. Other drinks are available. Um, do you know what? I, he, got, he got relegated with Hull, didn't he? Yeah, so did Steve Bruce. So did Steve Bruce. He got... Twice. Did he get relegated with no, somebody else as well, James Chester? He's, he's like... I feel like he's one of these guys that just constantly battles... He, he in, battles. In I think media, he's only gone down once. Team. He's only gone down once. See, to me, this season, Villa, you could probably say maybe only three or four players have done their job consistently through the season, and he's one of them. To me, he never he's never in the wrong place. He's always where he should be. He's not necessarily the most vocal of leaders, but he, he leads by example in the way the way he plays. Like Elphick came in, and I thought Elphick was going to be that big leader, and it hasn't really worked out that way. And I think you'll see Elphick probably go in the summer to be mm-hmm. backup. I could see him going back to Brighton and being a backup in the Premier League rather than being a backup in the Championship. But Chester's been incredible for me, and he's now become my favourite player, and I think he's our player of the season. Your favourite player? Yeah. Really? I think, again, it comes from a point where we went down and we were a mess, particularly defensively. We were we're a horrible team. And we're not now. We're not now. So again, maybe maybe this is something that I need to deal with as a, yes. as a I need to grow. Obviously, need to grow up. <laughs> I'm not playing football manager anymore. No. So maybe maybe uh, maybe I'll move on from that. But it came from a place where we couldn't settle defensively, and you're, I think you're right. I think Baker and Chester together have have come and and made us a little bit stronger. Um, would they cut it in the Premier League? I don't know. Chester um, wasn't getting the West Brom team. I don't know whether you're using that against him in some kind of way. But when, when Tony Pulis did play him, he was playing him left back, which is odd because having watched him for a season, I cannot imagine him playing left back. To me, people like Chester, Neil Taylor, they're the kind I want to see that kind of stature of player coming in in the summer. That's what I want to see. People who've played in the Premier League, people that have done it in the Championship as well. Taylor and Chester are consistent. Villa need some consistency. Who? And they're the kind of players I want to see come in. Who would be your ideal buy in the summer? Ideally, in an ideal world, I don't see it happening, but Gareth Barrow. Yeah. But I don't think it'll happen. He's teased it a couple of times, hasn't he? And then obviously you saw the other day the pictures on social media of Grealish with him and his dad. Yeah. Grealish's dad said something about, oh, you never know, or whatever it was he said. But he's just the kind of player that I'd like to see because Yednak can't play every week. He's not, he, he's not got that in him at his age anyway. He's not as mobile. I mean, I don't think he was ever the most mobile anyway, but he's certainly not the most mobile now. But he does a job. He does a job in games that you need him to do that job. I don't necessarily think you need Yedinak for every single game or you've got the option of you could move him into the back four mm-hmm. if needs be. To me, at home, when you're struggling to break a team down, your deep-lying midfielder needs to be able to put his foot in and that's what... And Barry can do that. Yeah. But he also needs to be he able to play. He likes a yellow card. He can he pick up a yellow card. I think he's got the record yellow cards in the Prem. <laughs> that's, that's some feat, isn't it's it? Good, it's a good stat. But you need to be able to play, the ball, play with the ball as well. And I think Barry, obviously, offers more of that than Yedinak does. See, to me, Barry is the exact replica of Scott Parker in this Fulham team. The experience, the leadership. Um, and more than that, he has the love of the club as well. Um, I think fans would, would readily accept him back. And... Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. The only thing is, I think he can still play in the Premier League because he's never relied on pace. Yeah, is he out of contract? No, nah, he signed a new one. I think he signed a year's extension. But he, what, towards the end of the season, he was not playing. Yeah, he's been purely on the bench. For Everton, they're obviously bringing through a lot of young players. But I'd be surprised if they, if Everton wanted to go, I'd be shocked. Yeah, again, a good, 
good squad player and uh, and could be useful for them. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Villa View video, the um, the goalkeeper season review. Yeah. Obviously, as a huge Galini fan, good goalkeeper. Stand by that. You have always defended him to the hilt, and uh, I think I'm I think I'm just about with you. What I'm more with you is, it seemed a strange move to get rid of a young goalkeeper on loan, only to then bring in a different goalkeeper on loan. And the timing for me was was just weird with Galini, where you've got obviously you had those high profile mistakes, Huddersfield, Sheffield Wednesday, yeah, um, and then it came. Quite soon after the punch with Leeds, where he was beaten to the punch, where we lost two nil, and um, and then he's out of there to Atalanta. And um, but he was playing pretty well before that. For there was a, there was a spell of a month or so, and I mean he only played twenty games for Villa. A young goalkeeper is going to make mistakes. It feels it, felt, it just felt like an odd move to me. Well, yeah, I mean I think he wanted to go back to Italy. I don't think he was happy with the goalkeeping coach situation but to yeah. me you just tell him to get on with it and yeah. he then got dropped for Mark Bunn yeah. and I've said stuff about Mark Bunn before he's a, he'll claim he's done his job this season as a number two goalkeeper Bunn and he's probably probably correct he's not really really let us down but he's never going to be a number one at Villa he's never going to be a number one in the top two divisions in my, in my opinion he, he might say it differently but he never has been really in his whole career yeah, and he's, no, he, must, yeah. he must be in his 30s now or approaching, yeah, I think he is. Yeah. He's thirty. So Galini then got dropped. If Galini hadn't have got dropped and he was playing, I'm sure we could have got past the goalkeeping coach situation. And the other thing is, if that's in his contract that there's got to be an Italian goalkeeping coach, that's, that's terrible. It's bad for management, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. can't be putting things like that now. I think maybe they had faith the board in in Di Matteo that he was going to be the right the right appointment. But to me, we've, as you say, we got rid of a goalkeeper who apparently makes mistakes. I see it as more he was a bit. Unlucky Galini, and then we then got a goalkeeper on loan from Man United in Johnston, who instantly came in and made mistakes mm-hmm. and wasn't a Villa goalkeeper owned by Villa. Yeah. So he's Johnston's redeemed himself a bit towards the end of the season. Obviously, he's been involved in a lot yeah. of clean sheets. He did some he did some good work. But to me, he's, he's not the he's not the massive step up from Galini that the, the coaching staff made out. He was. I was a little bit underwhelmed. Yeah. By him, I'm content for us to sign him again on loan for another season because he's out of contract at Man U at the end of next season so the chances are he could end up becoming a Villa player permanently but if he does do well and he's out of contract he's going to have other options Oh yeah, and we're not necessarily going to be in the Premier League he could get Premier League interest well, he won't want to come back no it's like Cleverly yeah I mean Cleverly that was I remember you and I both kind of getting on the Cleverly hype train I and you were you, well, yeah and he was, he was a good a good role player and you were Pretty, I think you were convinced he was coming back for a time. Well, he said he was. Yeah, well, yeah, but players say a lot of things, oh, Dan. No, You've got to read between the lines some of these When times. someone says they want to stay, you expect them to stay. Yeah, but footballers will say anything to uh, to keep people happy at the time, I think. I just think we have... I think we're going to be using the low market again this summer, by, to, by yeah. the sounds of it. I can see us getting in a few lows. I think we're one of the favourites for Tammy Abraham on loan. There's been talk that Bruce is close with Wenger and we're going to get some young players from Arsenal on loan. And in some ways... Yes, that works, but it is only a short-term solution. I mean, if it gets us back up into the Premier League, fair enough, then it's, it's, it's served its purpose. But I'm not convinced that by just getting a, a few youngsters in, that's going to automatically get its promotion. If you've got a player that does well and you don't go up, or another club comes in that the player prefers, another London club, mm-hmm. for example, then that player's not going to be with Villa next season. And to me, I'm a bit fed up with short-term 
thinking at Villa. I want them to. I, I believe that the, I do believe in this board. Yeah. And I believe in the owner, and I believe in the chief executive, and I believe in what they're trying to do. And I think that if Steve Bruce doesn't get off to a good start, I think he'll get a short shrift. I think if we're not in the top three or four by October, I think I think Bruce will go. But I just want to see some a bit of long term thinking. Think that? Yeah. Yeah. I think, think he'll go early. If we're not doing the business, the owner's not going to mess around because he's put too much in mm-hmm. to get caught short. I think, I think I, to be honest, I think the owner and the chief executive are very, very disappointed that we haven't gone up this season because I think they'll see that they've spent money and that Bruce did have a chance to get us up. But I think they're trying that they also want to be stable. And I they think, think that Bruce it. offers that. I think going up this year was was unrealistic. I really do, and I I just. I, I don't love the way Steve Bruce plays football, but he's, there's no denying he's made us a lot more solid, a lot more difficult to beat, and we've picked up some points. And I think he deserves this year, definitely, to, to see where we're at. And we should be challenging, you're right, definitely this year. Um, but it's, it's, a championship's a tough place to be. It's a tough place to live. And um, it'll, be a, it'll be a hard season. It's a, it's, a, it's a long season, isn't it? Have you it found that? It's been, a, it's been a much... It feels it feels quite exhausting. I did feel it was a long season, but now the season's over. I'm itching for it to start yeah. again. I'm I'm bored. I mean, hopefully my wife won't listen to this. But when <laughs> when the football season's not on, you have to give. I have to give like three months of. I have to do what she wants to do because I've based our whole life around Villa. Yeah. For, for ten months, but she knows that I actually feel like actually I've been succeeding towards the end of the season because she came to Fulham away, and she came to the last game of the season and sat with my good friend. Aston Radford, mm-hmm. who's been on the fan cams a few times. So I do feel like I'm maybe getting her into it slightly now. Maybe the next step is to get her in on the podcast and we'll uh, we'll see how she enjoys that. No, I'm not sure about that. No? I'm not sure. I don't think she likes being on camera. All right, let me take it back to the goalkeepers just for one second. A question for you. The, the, the season form at the end where Johnston was involved in all those clean sheets, would Galini have done as well as Johnston? Yeah. yeah. I think he would have done because I think the defence was, was solid. They weren't, they weren't messing about. We were safety first, weren't we, under Bruce? We were, mm-hmm. we were safety first for that run of five clean sheets. We weren't attacking. I don't remember Johnston being severely tested mm-hmm. in any of the games. I think perhaps Wigan away, he had to make a couple of saves, but especially in the games at Villa Park, I don't remember us ever being in any, any great danger. So I, I think Lini would have done that, but I, I've just joined Instagram, Dan Bardell 16, for those that are interested, and I follow Galena. Why 16? I just like the number 16 for some reason. It's my, my favourite number. It's a good number. Yeah. Good number. I like the number for some reason. <laughs> and uh, he looks very happy in Italy, to yeah. be fair. He was ce- they were celebrating coming fifth. I think it was. I don't know whether that was one of the highest finishes ever or it's got European football. Yeah. And them, but he looks happy there. And he's obviously got another year there as well. He ain't coming back to Villa. Yeah. I, I wish I'd done some research on whether that was his, whether him being at Atalanta was no. a reason for them going. He hadn't played. Oh, really? No, he's been on the bench. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, well. I don't think he played a game. Well, that's a very odd move all round then. Well, they suddenly picked up a run of form as he joined and mm-hmm. the keeper that was in there was was obviously doing quite well and they said they haven't wanted to change things because they've been doing well. But he seemed mm-hmm. happy just being part of the squad. I suppose to him, being on the bench in his home country rather than being on the bench in sunny Birmingham, he's, yeah. probably, <laughs> he's probably happier in Italy, isn't he? That's fair enough. That's the thing you got to remember with players, like really, they don't, it's just a job to some of them and I think maybe Villa was just a job to him and once the manager went and he wasn't happy and he, if he can go and get a job 
elsewhere. Villa are going to pay his wages still for him to go and live in Italy. Yeah, it probably suits him. If you haven't seen the video on uh, on the Villa View reviewing all the goalkeepers, check it out. Uh, it's got some great content on there. I saw a couple of tweets. Uh, a guy from Noah eighteen seventy four. He's always on the fan cam. Yeah, Noah. Noah. He was good, and I really agree with what his point that um, it's goalkeepers like the most important position. Yeah. I feel like that should be. We should nail that down this year. I, I agree with you that uh, we might get Johnston back in, but we need a strong and stable, to, to coin a, a Tory phrase, we need a strong and stable goalkeeper right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we've had one since maybe Friedel. Friedel's the last one that's popped into me. Guzan had one good season where given. he looked like he was going to be the... So even even given... Ah, uh, yeah, given. I like he's given. quite stable. He's quality. He's, quite, he's not now. He's not a third choice. Well, yeah, but I mean, he's also like 42. Yeah, so. he's about 105 yeah. years old <laughs> now as well. But yeah, we need... It's something that needs sorting. I, In my mind, and we're going back to football manager here, which is probably not great, I always get... You always have to have an experience, number one, in my mind. And I think that rings true in, in real life. I mean, obviously, you either go the route that we're trying to go with Johnston in the hope that he stays and like like Man U did when they got De Gea in as a youngster they got him in as a young goalkeeper he made a few mistakes they nurtured him he's now one of the best goalkeepers in the world or you get that established number one like we did with under O'Neill with Friedel mm-hmm. and that, to me that's the route I'd be going at the moment because you've then got an experienced core through the middle of the team and a goalkeeper Chester Yedinak that's a, that's, a, that's a good core Lansbury's relatively mm-hmm. experienced as well you need a good core and having a good goalkeeper and and a reliable goalkeeper, that, that's an important part of it. So the Villa View podcast, I think we can establish, is now sponsored by Football Manager. The amount yes. of times we're going to mention it, yeah. I assume. Um, we, At the time of recording this, we haven't seen the um, the defenders. Are you going to give us a little tease on, on what you're thinking? I actually watched it before I came out, before, before I came out just okay. to see, because I couldn't remember what I said, because we, <laughs> we recorded it quite, quite a long time ago. It's probably pretty much... Well, you'd expect, obviously, I've had to eat humble pie around Alan Hutton. Yet again, as I do every time his name is mentioned. And <laughs> when we're doing fan camps, people take great joy. I'd like it if the, if the link to the Alan Hutton apology could come up somewhere around here. That'd be great. I'm sure Dan Ronison will, <laughs> will, will, will sort that out. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty much what you'd expect. What I've, obviously, what I've just said about Alphick is, is probably in there. What I've said about Chester is in there. But you can also hear what I think of Nathan Baker, Mika Richards, Jordan Amarvi. I think... That should be an interesting. Should be an interesting video. That feels like a world away, doesn't it? Well, I just saw something before I came out about him wanting to play up front next season, but I think it was a, a tongue in cheek. I should hope tongue so. in cheek thing. Him and Gabby up front. Might as well give it a go. Yeah. Uh, okay. So when when is that coming out? I guess that'll be out It'll by be the out. time you can watch this. Hopefully. Yeah. That's what I've been reliably informed. And so make sure you get your comments in on that, and feel free to criticise my uh, my. Football manager knowledge. I, I should preface that with I was always rubbish at football manager as well, so maybe it's just an internal problem. Yeah, not liking to, James Chester over football manager is pretty, pretty poor, yeah. in my opinion. Do you have anybody that this is the last time I'm going to mention football manager? Do you have anybody that you just have a real dislike because of football manager? Uh, not that I can think of, not really. I remember when I was younger, Lee Bowie always used to score against me, but I didn't really like him anyway, and he played for Blues. Steve, Steve Gerrard. Always used to reject me. Like he was twenty at the time, and so I, you could pick him up yeah. for like five million or so. We try and sign him for Villa. I sign him for try and sign yeah. him for anybody, and yeah. uh, I could never get him. It's probably a good time now as well to say that, like, obviously this is the first one we've ever done. I'm very, very inexperienced at stuff like this. A bit out of my comfort zone. Yeah, really. But me I'm, too. But I'm, give, I'm giving it a go. I don't know if anyone saw Tom actually did some NFL presenting on Sky Sports. 
in the summer, so he's more established. In the winter, more, in February. Winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he has to summon out, is it? Yeah. He's more established than me. But any ideas you've got for the podcast, then please, please do let us know because mm. we pretty much want to do what, what the fans and the subscribers of the Villa View want us to do. And hopefully we'll pick up some new listeners now because people have been asking for a podcast. So hopefully we'll pick up some new Villa View subscribers off the back of this. Yeah. I uh, I just wanted to go through to finish a couple of bits of news that I read. Okay. Uh, some villa related news get your get your thoughts on that. Go on him. Uh Ahmed El Mohammadi linked with Villa. Thoughts? Was it Kareem El Ahmad El Ahmad? Oh no, Kareem? I was talking about the old villa yeah. I, thought, I wasn't listening to what you said. Yeah, thank you for See, that. See, I thought that you were saying Kareem El Ahmad. I thought you were going to say about him getting player of the year oh, no. in Holland. And because he wasn't very good for Villa, yeah, and then he's gone to the. Well, there's another bit in this. Yeah, yeah, he's gone to Holland and uh, picked up Player of the Year, but that, should, that will teach me to listen to what you're saying. Yeah, so we're linked with the Hull winger. Oh, um, no. Don't want it. Nah, don't need it. It's not better than what we've not better than what we've got. I mean, how old is he? I don't know how old he is. He must be in his thirties as well. Yeah, again, it's lazy. It's lazy journalism. I think it is a bit. Uh, I th- again, he's annoyed me. Do you remember when Hull got promoted and he, and he did that dance on his own? And like, when you get promoted, you should be celebrating together with your team. It's not about you. No, it's about no, he's not. Like, he's not better than what we've got at right back, and he's not better than Adoma, who frustrates me quite a lot sometimes. Which I think he's a good player. He does frustrate the hell out of me. Yeah. At times, for me, that's lazy journalism. The one that wouldn't surprise me is if we did end up with Alex Bruce as a fourth centre half, and I'm not. I, I'm not dead against that. Mm-hmm. He's, Steve Bruce has obviously signed him nearly everywhere. Yeah, he's been. If, if we're getting rid of Alfie and experienced Championship centre half because he don't want to be a reserve, it makes sense to get someone like that who's happily happy to, to come be in. a reserve and live in the same place as his as his family. But yeah, makes sense to me. Ex Blue knows though, but then obviously so Steve. I, th- I think so. that we've uh, we crossed that bridge a little yeah, bit, haven't yeah, we? we? Really have. Um, Steve Bruce in contract talks with Ross McCormack. What's your thoughts on that? What in sense of like bringing him back? Stay? Yeah. We spent twelve million on the on the lad, and we ain't going to get twelve million back for him. I'd be surprised if anyone would pay two million even for him because he just had such a, a write off season. He's a good footballer, mm-hmm. and especially he's a good footballer in the championship. I don't think we saw the best of him at Villa, but I do think sometimes that comes with the way we're set up because the same thing has happened with Hogan. I don't think we're playing. We don't think we're playing to Hogan's strength. I yeah. think he's a good player, but you didn't see the best of him at Villa because we weren't playing in a way that got the best best out of Scott Hogan. He'll score he could go to another team in the championship and score goals. I think maybe it's the same with McCormack. I think the biggest problem with McCormack is he is he mentally right? Because yeah. there's well, some yeah, it doesn't totally. seem that that he is and if he's not well I hope he gets the treatment he needs and I'd like him to come back to Villa because I did like him. He's creative, he's clever. Mm-hmm. But I'm not convinced that Codger can play with another with another forward. That's yeah. that's the problem and Codger's very, very good. Mm-hmm. So that's the issue. I think Codger likes being on his own. Or he wants to play out wide if there's another striker. I don't. I think Bruce is going to start the season with two up front next year, and I'm not not convinced Codger, when he's fit, will be able to play with any of our strikers. Is Codger definitely there next season? I'd be surprised if he wasn't. Mm-hmm. The asking price is going to be too high. Injured. Yeah. We spent 15 million on him, which was a lot of money, and people laughed that we spent 15 million. But it's now money well spent because he scored 19 goals, and without him, perhaps we would have been looking at at double relegations. But you'd be, Villa would be asking for twenty twenty five million, and I don't see that any club would pay pay that unless it's the, unless it's China. Mm-hmm. I don't see that any club that he'd want to go to would pay twenty twenty five million for someone who hasn't played in the Premier League. It just would be unheard of. Yeah. And the final bit of news is a is a little bit away from Villa Park. Kevin Phillips, uh, obviously Sunderland looking for a new manager, heavily linked with that job. Do you is think it? he'd be? Uh, do you think it'd be a good appointment? Or is he still at Derby coaching? 
Yes, I think so, yeah. I think he's a good good coach. Yeah. He's, he's coached Derby. He was co- part of the Leicester coaching staff as well under Pearson. Yeah. Wasn't he? I don't know whether he'd be the... Sunderland's a tough job. It's like anyone taking a Villa job in the summer. It was never going to be easy. Sunderland are arguably in a worse state than we were when we went down last year. I mean, it didn't make me laugh. I was watching the final match of the day. Jolly and Lescott came in for his first start. He looked horrific. He, yeah. looked, he looked even worse, which I didn't think was possible. He looked even worse than he did when he when he played for us, that back pass header. Yeah, it's, it was cringe, wasn't it? Oh, he, he needs to retire, Jolly and Lescott. Yeah, he's had enough. He's so, had... Sunderland, Kevin Phillips. I, I like Kevin Phillips, I always have. Um, he's, a, he's, again, one of these experienced head, and I think he'd be a, I think he'd be a really good coach. Being a manager is a different, different kettle of fish. They need someone who knows what they're doing. Someone probably like Nigel Pearson, although I'm not really sure what happened with him. Yeah. At Derby, maybe Pearson will go to Sunderland as manager and he'll take Phillips with him because he's had Phillips at two clubs. Yeah, that's true. With him, I'd say that's probably more likely. That would be a big ask for a first managerial job, even if you loved by the Sunderland fans, which I'm sure Kevin Phillips. I think that's is. the pull, isn't it? Like there's a. There's a sentimentality about it that's, that's yeah, I dangerous. I mean, I like stuff like that. Like, if you were t- to tell me that like, Melberg or Larson would be Villa manager in the future, I'd mm-hmm. be chuffed. I, l- I love things yeah. like that, but it's, it doesn't necessarily always work. It doesn't always go the way of like when Brian Little was Villa, was Villa manager. Yeah. He'd done everything at Villa and then became, became the manager, and obviously he won some silverware, but it very rarely works out like that with, yeah. with, with, with ex-players that I can think of. Yeah. If you are new to the Villa view, you should definitely check out the Brian Little series, the four-part series, five-part series. There's a lot for Brian. He, he did like. He did like. He chat. loved he, it. He, didn't he said he? so himself. But he's genuinely one of the nicest guys. Yeah, I've, I've ever met. Same with Ian Taylor yeah. and John Gregory as well. Check them out as well if you haven't seen him. If you're not aware of what the Villa View do, we did sit down with all three of those legends earlier on in the year and have a chat about their time in Claret, in Claret and Blue. Just amazing experience for me. Amazing experience for Matt and Dan Rollinson. Yeah as well but yeah well I got to meet Brian Little when we played at Villa Park and yeah like you say he he, he was our team's manager and he got really into it and it yeah, was he did. it was so amazing like I can I, the hairs are standing up because just thinking about it the fact that he he put so much effort into it made it such an amazing day yeah see I said to him when we did the interview I said he could have asked me to do anything that day and I would have done it he could have said to me Dan I'm not going to play you I know you've put yourself in the team <laughs> but I'm going to leave you on the bench all game and I just said okay what if he'd said to you, Dan, I don't want you to take that penalty? I think he I think he'd watched the game carefully and when he saw me walking up, I think he realised that I was probably the man to take it at the time because I was having a good game. You were having a good I game. I was having actually. a solid game yeah. at centre back. I was I was Max Roberts. Couldn't get couldn't get past me. Clinical I mean, baller. He's about ten years younger than me. Yeah. As well. Although actually he's lost a lot of weight now, he'd probably get past me. Has he? Quite easily now. Yeah, yeah, he looks he looks very good now. He probably would get past me now. I think Brian trusted me, and I let I let him down with that with that penalty. But I did redeem myself in the shootout, which is probably now a good time to talk about Matt Lynch's penalty because it hasn't really been discussed yet. And we do like to get it in it's, as much as we can. It's a uh, it will be a constant, I think, throughout the rest of his life, or certainly as long as we know him. That uh, that penalty. I mean, it's just. If you haven't watched that, check it out. <laughs> there's a video with Ian Taylor watching it, and Ian Taylor said it was the worst thing, with a bit of encouragement from me. Ian Taylor said it was the worst thing he'd ever seen in his life. I, that was the first moment I felt a bit sorry for Matt, because you were really egging on Ian Taylor there. You, you, I could see you just kind of, yeah, go on, go on. 
and, uh, and I felt like Ian Taylor was forced into bullying no, and Matt's no, just no, sitting no, there no, no. he's just sitting there just going there's nothing I can do I mean it felt harsh I'm me. sure Ian Taylor does not condone bullying I know, <laughs> I, know I certainly don't I, 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 he cannot have come across like that listen that's just how I watched it he, he basically said what he saw in my opinion that's a good place to end it I reckon I think so think? I think I'll give, I think it was a sturdy performance for a first podcast but as we said before People, give us feedback, please, because we've never done anything like this before and we want the show to be interesting to the Villa View subscribers and we want it to be interesting to new Villa View people that are t- tuning in. So, yeah, any feedback you can give us, ask us questions and we'll answer them, try and answer them in the next podcast. It doesn't even have to be about Villa. Ask us questions about life if you want to, if you want any life advice from Tom sure. or me. I wouldn't really recommend it, but if you do need some life, <laughs> some life advice, then please, please. Yeah, uh, recipes, away. you know, no, I'm, no, no, I'm, no, I'm pretty good at cooking, okay. so, uh, so so we can we can handle that. But yeah, make sure you uh, comment and subscribe and to, to all the Villa View content. There's going to be loads more over the, uh, over the summer. It never stops, does it? Well, hopefully not. I quite uh, like the transfer window because I love all the moves and shakes that, that, that happens and I just... That's that's where it gets really exciting. Not not that the season isn't exciting. Well, sometimes it isn't. Yeah. Finished thirteenth in the championship. It's, it was hardly. A... That's true. But you you can you can start to dream again once the season's done. That's you start true. start looking that's forward. True. Are we top as well at the moment. Yeah, we must be. I think we are. Yeah. But I don't like that joke. I don't know why I said. <laughs> don't know why I said that. So yeah, make sure you go to thevillaview.co.uk. See all the stuff that we're doing. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.